Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Christ is risen. You know, around this time of year, it seems to be harder for us to live in the present moment. It seems like we're always looking at what's next or what happened. We're always between a couple of periods. This morning's meditation, I was struggling uh, on what to, to name it, and I'm struggling between two titles. One title is In Between Times. The second title is What's for Dinner? So we'll figure out what the... You, you name it, whatever you want to name it. But basically, in between times or what's for dinner. We're in a period right now where it's, we're between, like we just celebrated the Ascension and we're kind of, we're getting to the Pentecost. We're in between times. This concept of in between times captures much of our experience. It seems like we're always living in the space between one thing or another. We're always looking forward to something or we're kind of like looking in the past we're not really fully living in the present moment we're constantly thinking about what's next and what we're going to do next and we might be missing the beauty that is just in front of us you know if you're like me sometimes when i'm eating breakfast i'm thinking about what's lunch and when i'm eating lunch i'm asking what's for dinner i'm asking what's for dinner because i don't i'm not in the present moment we're always focused on the future never fully immersed ourselves in the presence. And liturgically, it kind of seems to be that way right now, that we're in this period between the Ascension and the Pentecost, between the end of Christ's earthly ministry and, you know, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. It seems, and we might mistakenly feel, that God has left us during this time. Maybe the disciples at that time, when they were gazing up, when the Lord was ascending, were gazing up and they thought that he is leaving them. He left this world. Unfortunately, many people feel the same way about God's presence in the world today. They believe that he created the world long time ago and left, left it to its own devices. Some of us may even fall into this belief, living in a constant state of anticipation between our creation and ultimately our departure from this world. But this is not how we're meant to live. This is clearly not what God needed or wanted for us. It's not just some facts that we have wrong. It's a misguided attitude and it's dangerous. It's dangerous for us if we don't live in the present moment. While, the tr while it's true that eventually our bodies will come to, to an end and the world will come to an end and, you know, we will seize uh, you know, our bodies will cease to function. But that's not what we're striving for. We're not created just to go through the motions. And I have to confess, this morning I woke up and I feel like I was just going through the motions. That I looked at my life over the last few months and I said, Lord, really, what, what have I been doing other than just going through the motions? I wake up in the morning and maybe I do a prayer. I get the kids off to school. Actually, who am I kidding? I don't get the kids off to school. Amira does that. I don't wake up early enough for that. 
She gets the kids off to school and we do our thing and it's rinse and repeat. I just go through the motions and I wonder if truly I've been living in the present time. You know, some people call this time that we're living in the time of the dash. You know, the time of the dash, the dash of between the two years. The year that you're born, so I'm born in 1978, dash, that's what we're living in now. Until, you know, God wills and my departure comes, that's when we'll add the other date. But we're living in that moment of the dash between our birth and that date that's going to be on our tombstones. But it's more true that we live in the times and that we should be living in the eternal now. There's no end. Where there is no end to beauty, there's no end to glory that can be revealed to us in this time. And that's why I'm saying that we might be missing something when we are always living in the past or that we're living in anticipation of the future. Because we live in a time now that the Lord can and will reveal so much love and there's no end to the love that he could reveal to us there's so much beauty and glory that he could reveal to us no end to a love that could drive away all our anxieties all our fears all our despondencies in this eternal present there is no end to beauty the glory that god and love that god could reveal to us that we are truly to live in this in-between time but to live in the present time and that is truly our calling is to be in this moment, this present. God is not simply waiting between the creation and the remaking of the world to come back. That's not what he's waiting for. He's not this distant watchmaker who created the universe and set it in motion and then abandoned us. And sometimes we may feel that way, but that's not true. God is beyond time. And we know that. We know that God is beyond time. And yet he continually reaches out to us and shares his unity and his perfection to all who seek it. You know, today in the gospel of today, we hear comforting words. We hear words that say, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And then he continues and he says, yes, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, the word, the world. The word of Christ in the gospel reminds us that in the midst of tribulations, we will find peace. Why? Because he has overcome the world has overcome the world means that he is not a distant God from us, that he's truly present in us, that he is always with us as he was with his disciples. The words of the Testament, the words are a testament to God's desire to reveal his glorious possibilities in every moment of our life. You know, in another teaching, Christ tells us that where two or three are gathered in my name, truly I am in their midst. That means that Christ is truly in our midst today. This is the fulfillment of the ministry. Ascension a lot of times is considered the fulfillment of his earthly ministry. That it's not just the end of it, but it's truly a fulfillment of it. That bringing union between God and us. That's what God wanted to do from the very beginning. Was to reconcile the heavenly and the earthly. And that is what we see in the ascension. This understanding can, be, can transform our, our understanding of this in-between time. That we could truly recognize that this is an opportunity for us to truly experience God in every moment. To live in the present. You know, it's easy for the world to deceive us. It's easy for the world to deceive us and to say, you know, 
better times are coming. Better times are coming. Or, you know, the best has passed. It's easy for the world to tell us that. But such thinking doesn't lead us to joy. Such thinking doesn't lead us to a place where we find full peace and full joy in our hearts. You know, it's nice to see, and I was reading a quote, and it said, the quote said that science and psychology and religion are no longer at war. war. That it's nice to see that time. That science, including neuroscience and quantum science, has discovered that there is a mystery at the core of the universe. Psychology is being revolutionized by the discovery of the benefits of mindfulness practice in religious people, including prayer and meditation. We are beginning to see that God is in all things. Everywhere, everywhere He is. He is in all things. That life is truly sacramental. We pray this in the church, and this is no surprise to us. We pray in the third hour of the book of hours. We pray, O heavenly King, comforter, the spirit of truth, who is present in all places and fills all. You know, the Holy Spirit is in everything and in everywhere. Think about that for a moment. That if we truly believe these words that we pray on a daily basis, O heavenly King, the comforter, the spirit of truth, who is present in all places and fills all. How would that change? How would that change my life? How would that change if I see and I look and I see the presence of God and every single person that I interact with? That when I look at my child, it's as if I'm looking into the eyes of God. When I look at my wife, I see God's presence in her. If God is present in all things, this means He is present here and now in this room. That He's truly present among us and that we, you know, that everything that we see and everything that we hear, He's in everything that we taste and touch. He is in everything. And truly, this brings us to a life of sacrament, this mystery. You know, there's a mystery that they were saying. The science was saying that there's a mystery behind people that meditate and people that pray. For us, we know that mystery is something that is, you know, something visible and invisible. An invisible grace through a visible means a mystery is not something new to the orthodox church this is something that we have been living through for many many years there's a poem that says earth is crammed sorry earth crammed with earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with god but only he who sees takes off his shoes the rest sit around it and pluck berries this is incredible this is such an incredible poem because it's saying that every fiery bush, there are many people that might be seeing fiery bush that are not being consumed yet. They're not in the present moment, so they're not taking off their shoes like Moses took off his shoes. They're not realizing the beauty and the holiness that they are truly present in. That we are truly in the presence of the holy. That we are truly in the presence of God at all times. Every bush is a burning bush. Father uh, Alexander Schmemann says, Every bush is a, is a burning bush. Everything is filled with God. Life is sacramental. Life is a mystery. You know, this is such an incredible saying. Can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing God in all people, in all things? 
how we would speak to one another if we saw God in all things. How would we treat one another if we saw God in every single person that enters this church with no judgment, that we just see him that that is God. God is in there. It doesn't matter how he looks. It doesn't matter how she looks. It doesn't matter what they did, that we see God truly in this person. Wouldn't that change our lives? Wouldn't that change the way that we are holding on to a certain grudge with somebody that when we look and we say, I can't forgive this person, what are we saying? That I can't forgive you, Lord, because you're, no, you're not living in this person? No. We look at people and we should see that truly God is in all things and in all people. We certainly don't want to be the people that are being fed by the 5,000, by the five loaves. Those 5,000 plus people that were being fed by five loaves and two fish. We don't want to be the people that were sitting and being fed and filled by this and saying, what's for dinner? We want to be present. We want to be present in this moment and understand that truly God is feeding us. And we don't want to say, what is for dinner? Several years ago, Metropolitan Callistus spoke about something like this in, the, in a lecture. And he said, one of the main tragedies of the fall is that we can no longer fully be present in the moment in which we live. And then another archbishop continued and he said, we can only meet God in the present moment. This is an area where God chooses to place limit on his own power. We choose whether or not to live in the present moment because we can encounter God only in the present moment. Whether we live in the past or in the future, we place ourselves beyond the reach, beyond his reach. And I know it sounds a little bit like, okay, well, what is beyond the reach of God? Nothing is beyond the reach of God, of course. But at the end of the day, he, the, the bishop here, the archmandrite, was telling us that it's up to us to place ourselves in the presence, to experience God in the presence. Now we might wonder that Jesus may not have spoken directly about being in the present or being mindful of things, but he did speak at length and he said, he said things, what did Jesus say about the past? He said, let the dead bury the dead. And what did he say about the future? He said, don't worry about tomorrow. So what did the Lord say about the present? He said, follow me and love one another. That's pretty much what sums up all of Christianity. Our Christian life in a nutshell is to follow him and to love one another. The present moment is always for us the time to follow Jesus. The present moment that we're in, that we are truly in this moment. I can't tell you how many times that I have sat and that I have been so distracted. You know, whether it's I'm at home and my kids walk in or, uh, you know, one of the things I could all confess, one of the things that bothers me the most is when I come home and my kids are watching TV or something and I say hello and nobody answers. I was like, why? Did I not speak loud enough? So I repeat it. Of course I repeat it. So I repeat it a few times until they answer me, but it's frustrating to see that they're not like in the, they're more entrenched or more into television or into our phones. How many times has somebody been spoke, speaking to you and then you had your phone out and you got just distracted by a message that popped up and so forth? We're not in the present moment. I saw a video just uh, a few days ago and I, 
I don't know what the point of the video was, but he just did one thing that caught my eye. And he, he was a speaker that was on stage and he said, he was just speaking. And then all of a sudden he said, do you have a phone on you? They said, yes, give me your phone. And he took the phone from the person and he only held the phone in their hand, in his hand. And he asked the people, he's like, do you feel that you're the most important person right now after I held this phone in my hand? And most of the people said no, that there was something more important than to be in that present moment. I want to encourage us in this time, this time that's in between Ascension and Pentecost, to live in the present, to truly take the time and live in the present. In the liturgy, this happens many times, and I spoke about this a while ago, that one of my favorite parts when I was younger was the words that the deacon would say, let us attend. Because let us attend, in my mind when I was younger, was to kneel and take a break. But that's not what it meant. Let us attend me meant to wake up. The liturgy was telling us that it's okay. Some of us are going to, you're going to get distracted at some point. But let us attend. Let us wake up and be in the, present, in the present moment. In Him, we live and move and have our being. This is what St. Uh, Paul says. And then he exhorts us to rejoice always in the Lord. You know, a long time ago, there was a story about a, a girl that entered the church and she entered during Vespers uh, and she, she had a meeting to meet with the priest. So when she came in, she sat on one of the pews and the priest saw that she was, she was clearly upset. She was clearly upset. She was crying. She was upset. And, you know, or that she was unhappy. And he, you know, the priest that is saying the story, he's like, well, this girl was always unhappy. Like she was always like in, in a mood. So he, um, he said, okay, I have to meet with her. So he went and he sat beside her and said, do you want to sit, you know, on another pew? So he went and they sat on a pew. And before they started, he's like, let's take a couple of breaths together. And he made her breathe in and breathe out a couple times. Breathe in and breathe out. And then he asked her the question and he said, now tell me, at this very moment right now, is there anything wrong? And she seemed a little bit confused. And she said, now, Father, do you mean right now? Yes, right now. She thought about it and replied, well, no, not right now. There's nothing wrong at the moment. And then the priest answered and said, then I said, why are you crying? And it turns out that she was upset about something, you know, from a relationship that was said two weeks prior and so forth. You know, that she was stuck in the past and she wasn't in the present. And he continued, the priest continued and says, have you ever stopped to notice that the most, that most of your moments are like these ones? There are usually, there's usually nothing wrong in the present moment that we are always thinking either about the past or the future. The present moment is the time for healing. But she was holding on to the past. When we hold on to the past, there's no place for healing. You can't heal by focusing on your past. You know, there's a story, and I think I said this story uh, months ago, but it's a story about two monks that were traveling, you know, at a far distance. And as they were walking, they had to cross over like this little, I guess, ditch. But at the time, there was a lot of water or there was a lot of rain that happened. So the ditch was filled with water. And they saw a lady that was stuck. And like she couldn't go over and she needed to go over that that area of water so one of the monks you know put his bag aside and picked up 
put her on, her, on his back and walked across, you know, carried her over the water and then he let her go and so forth. A mile later, the other monk was very upset with this monk and he said, I'm so upset at you. He's like, why are you angry? He's like, I'm angry because don't you know that you're not supposed to touch a woman? That we, as monks, are not supposed to touch a woman? And the answer is very telling. The answer is, I laid her down a mile ago, why are you still carrying her? I laid her down a mile ago, why are you still carrying her? He did something good, and sometimes that's what we're doing. We are carrying things, not for miles, but for years and years and years. And the Lord is telling us today, be in the present moment. I truly want us to be in the present moment. You know, I'm going to conclude with just a story. Not a story, but something that I read that I thought was really nice. And it was the practice of breathing. You know how the priest in the story sat this person down and told her to breathe in and out? You know, later on as I was reading something else, it was saying the practice of breathing in and out is as if you are praying. And I was like, what does that mean? As if you are praying. And then the, the article went on to explain the part of prayer. And it said, in Hebrew, there's four letters that describe God. In Hebrew, and that four, those four letters put together is Y-H-W-H. And we normally pronounce it Yahweh, right? And he, the article was saying, no, that's not how you pronounce it. In Hebrew, that's not what you're supposed to do. He's like, but if you try and say those four letters... It's as if you're breathing in and you're breathing out. And he was saying like, and I guess I can't make the sound, but it's like, <gasps> and that's pronouncing the name of God. Or that is putting God on your tongue and on your heart at all times. And we're, he was saying the appreciation of how much God loves us and cares for us. That you find healing, that we, are, we need healing and that the Lord has put healing within us. St. John Cassian taught us and says, The doctor of our soul has placed the remedy in a hidden region of our soul. As prayer is necessary, as breathing is necessary for us to live, so is prayer. And God has made it a part of us. That every time we breathe in and we breathe out, we are saying the word of God. We are calling upon his name. Maybe we're not doing it on purpose because we breathe so naturally now. But that is what this article was saying, and I thought it was pretty, pretty nice to see. You know, there's a story of Pope Corliss VI that when he was known as the man of prayer, and the man of prayer doesn't mean that he was, you know, praying out loud all the time, but that his heart was in a constant state of prayer. And there's a story that was saying that he went in for a surgery and that he was, when they put him under for uh, anesthetic, that the doctors and the surgeons heard him say, my Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he kept saying that because his prayer was with his breathing. As he was breathing in and out, he was praying the Jesus prayer. It's good for us to come to a place and to understand that God is truly present at all times. You know, that we need to do small things to always remind us that God is present. You know, that our breathing 
When we breathe, we should thank God for the breath that we are taking and for the fresh air that we are taking. That every moment, like the liturgy starts, we start with the prayer of thanksgiving. We should start our day with the prayer of thanksgiving. As we end our day, we should also end in thanksgiving. This is always bringing remembrance to God in the present moment. Why is the prayer of thanksgiving so important? Because it brings us to a place of reminding us that God is truly present in the world today. There are small things that you and I could do that will always remind us of God. Being thankful is one. I used to drive Amira crazy when we first got married. I used to tell her, when you buy things, you got to buy things in holy numbers. So we go and buy apples. You can't buy four. It's either three or five. I have no clue why. I don't know why three is a holy number and five. At the time, I didn't. At the time. So it was always like, so she would pick up four apples and I'd be like... <clears throat> So she would either have to pick up another one or put one back. There's no choice. There was no choice. And I drove her nuts for years and years and years. Everything was like 1, 3, 5, 12, 40, whatever it had to be. That's what we did. And it was just, uh, it was a fun way for us to, I guess, keep God present in when we're doing groceries even. So something simple like that. I didn't do it at the time to, you know, to put myself in the presence of God. I just did it to make her life miserable. But like, but it turns out to be that it could be something that you and I could do. It's important for us to be transformed. St. Paul, and I'll conclude with this, that saying, I think I said I conclude three times up to now. So don't believe me when I say that. St. Paul says, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. To be transformed by the renewal of the mind. This kind of transformation is a process that is well mapped out for us in science. If you look about, and science has been speaking about this, that you want to change something in your brain, that you come to a place of meditation and prayer. St. John Chrysostom, his last words as he was dying were words that hopefully we always have in our mouth. Thank God for all things. This is the start, like I said, of the liturgy and the end of the liturgy. We should be starting our day with thankfulness and we should be ending it with thankfulness. In this time, let us pray that truly that we could live in the present moment and that we could realize that God is ever so present. That when we pray the prayer, O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who is present in all places and fills all, the treasury of good things and the life giver, graciously come and dwell in us and pure us. Fire us from all defilement, O good one, and save our souls. Let us enjoy the feast that is truly, you know, set before us. And let us not just always be thinking about what's for dinner. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.